Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today on Turning a Moment into a Movement. I am Jay Love, and I represent the Justice for Gerard movement. Gerard is my son who was wrongfully convicted of a crime that he didn't do. He didn't have no knowledge of, innocent, and he went to prison. So every Friday at six o'clock, come here, myself and the panel, to talk about wrongful convictions and injustice and um, how wrongful convictions happen, what we can do to prevent them, and what we can do as a community to support each other. So if those are things that you are interested in and you uh, want more information on, click the like button, subscribe to our YouTube page, and you will be notified every time that we come on um, uh, live. So thank you for joining us. Um, I appreciate you. And thanks. So today, our mission for the Justice for Gerard movement is to bring awareness to wrongful convictions of Gerard Haycraft and all others who are wrongly convicted, over-sentenced, mentally ill, medically frail in our community, to inspire, organize, educate all communities about the needs to disrupt systems, policies, and patterns of the criminal legal system that lead to wrongful convictions. That's why we're here. And that's why we continue to come here every Friday. Our goal is to educate and to be a support to those who are going through it. I know it was very hard for me and my family. And, you know, four or five years ago when I was going through it, it was very little out here on the subject, but times have changed. There's so much people are advocating for it. It's becoming a real conversation and people are, things are actually happening. So. Um, things can be done. We can do it. And that's why we're here to inspire you. So thank you for joining us. So today I'm going to bring on uh, our panel and then we're going to take off and talk about the truth about qualified immunity in Michigan. But before we get to that, I'm going to bring on Reverend Tia. Hi, Reverend Tia. <laughs> hello. Hello, Jay. I'm telling you, Every time, every Friday, every time you speak about Gerard and the movement and what inspired you to continue to move forward, I get excited all over again. I feel like I'm in purpose and and that this time right now is our time yeah. to really allow, allow everything that we have within us to reflect what we really want. Yeah. And you know, when we when we are really looking at, okay, from a spiritual standpoint, am I all that I can be? Not in an efforting kind of way, but in a way that says, I'm already my highest good. Mm -hmm. How can I express that though? Right. And then once I started looking at myself, doing work on myself, how can I help others? And then... What about me is reflected in the world that I see? You know, what about mm -hmm. me is that reflection? And so when we come here, I get inspired, not just in the doing of things, but in the being of all that I know I could be in this right now moment. So I know for those who are listening, 
if what you're doing right now, ask yourself, is this, do you need anything right now? At this moment, and, and I can honestly say that right now, I'm in the right place and I don't need anything. All of my needs are taken care of at this moment <laughs> because I'm here. <laughs> There's nothing else for me to do. And I'm not going to future think about anything in the future that I have to do or anything that I didn't do in the past. We have this moment right now. And coming to you from the choice zone, G100, One is in Wisdom, Michigan Coalition of Human Rights, turning a moment into a movement, transforming love community. All of my whole world is filled with how can I transform not only myself, but empower, educate, uplift others. And if you are that one, by all means, feel free to contact me. But more than that, oh, you see, I got the grandbaby today. And she has to be in this one time. Okay, you've shown your cute self. All right. So, and all that we're doing, we have to know that justice is a part of everything. It's a part of our whole family. And it's important for us to stand for what we know is truth. And we stand upon this truth. And what we're going to be talking about today is going to be what we can do even more to stand upon, upon what we know is right and what we know is true. Thanks, Jay. Yes. Hi, the baby. <laughs> so, yeah, Reverend Tia, thank you. Um, uh, we got an extra visitor today. <laughs> yeah, just she's usually... Oh, not right here, but she's getting ready to disappear. In a minute. Uh, no, she can stay. <laughs> she's getting ready to go home in a minute. <laughs> and before we go um, any further, I want to um, recognize those that are watching on YouTube and Twitter Live and those who are going to listen to us later on. We want to let you know that we appreciate you, Facebook as well. So yeah, we gotta get yes, prepared. <laughs> and all over the, the UK. Oh yeah, Turkey, mm -hmm. where we like ranking. Uh this podcast is ranking high outside of the United States. So you guys, thank you for all your support. We're really excited about that. <laughs> so let's bring on I Bernie Mac. Mac. Much love and respect. How's everybody? I'm great. I'm great. Good, good, good. Reverend Tia and the next generation's there, sweetness. I see you. I see you. Reverend Tia, in the years to come, tell her, baby, you was on the show with Dr. Mac that one time, baby. It's going to be all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make her see this, see too. too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, God bless you, J-Love and, and Reverend Tia and, and the next generation's coming up here, you know, um, my name is Hugo J. Mack, attorney at law, with you here today, not parachuting down from heaven like the other 40,000 members of my profession in this state, but coming up from hell through the precious blood of God and Jesus Christ to be with you here today. You know, my scripture teaches me that the first will be last and the last will be first, and that God picked the weakest stone to be the cornerstone, okay? So... Never despise the day of small beginnings. Remember that scripture teaches us that our greatest days are yet to come. And in the fight for social justice, 
in the fight to stop wrongful incarceration, to stop unnecessary mass incarceration, to stop over-incarceration, to stop over-conviction, to help fight for mentally ill, to stop poverty from being criminalized, to fight racism and sexism, which is inherent in the system, a system that I've taken an oath to defend, I might add, but defend means many different things, many, many different things, you know? So uh, I'm sorry about the uh, feedback. I'm not sure what the problem is with that. We're having that problem again. So uh, J-Love, I'm proud to be with you. And uh, maybe because of the feedback problem, I won't say what I normally say. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong. Okay. Well, J-Love, Reverend Tia, uh, all Mr. and Miss American ships at sea, here we go. If you find yourself on Trouble Boulevard, push, pull, drag, tow that hoopity to Mac Street. Mac Street. Park in my virtual underground garage. And when there, call the Freedom Line. 734-239-3118. The Freedom Line. 734-239-3118. The Freedom Line. 734-239-3118. HMACLaw.com is your hookup. HMACLaw.com is your hookup. HMACLaw.com is your hookup. And if you don't want to win, don't come in. Stay outside to wait for government cheese and legal constipation. You've tried to rest, not call the best. And J-Love, for all the haters out there, for all the people calling you, wanting me kicked off the show, I got a message for them from my late cousin, Bernie. I ain't scared of none of y'all. So let that be the message for the day. Let that be the lesson for the day. So J-Love, seeing as how this is a very important time, I would allow you please to give me time for the audience to take time to write down this important information. And if y'all will excuse me, if you don't mind, while I do the boogaloo. Reverend Tia, this is for you. And Trishay, wherever you are, the running man. And last but not least, Jay Love, Pulp Fiction, Batman. Yes, yes, yes. So now, Jay Love, I feel that's enough time for them to have gotten information. So I want you to know, Jay Love and crew, when they ask you, did Hugo J. Mack endorse his announcement? Damn straight he did. Damn straight he did. And so, J. Love, I want you to understand one thing. This is brought to you by Dr. Hugo J. Mack, the one true king of Russia, Scotland, and Harlem. I love you. <laughs> we love you, too, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> So I'm so going to mute you for a minute. Okay. Off, I can get it on a better machine and, and there won't be no feedback. Is that okay? Okay. I'm sorry about this. So we're going to let Attorney Mac do his thing, uh, Tia. <laughs> so he can get back to us. But um, I like but, the highlight. Yeah. <laughs> So while he's gone, 
let's um play this video about um qualified immunity because that's what we're going to talk about attorney mac is going to be explaining the bills that were introduced and to the Min michigan legislator so while he's gone we're going to play these um this particular yes. video yeah we'll play this one first i have a mm -hmm. few but we'll play this one first Just one second. Yeah, this is much needed topic. Exactly. I'm taking us out, Rabbitia. All right, here we go. You should not have some kind of blanket immunity. When law enforcement officers break the law they should be held accountable to the extent that qualified immunity fosters a sense of it's really not my problem let's take a look at it immunity is a legal doctrine that was developed through court precedent rather than through congressional legislation. The purpose of qualified immunity is to protect government employees from frivolous litigation. However, it's become an increasingly effective shield in thousands of lawsuits that are seeking to hold cops accountable when they're accused of excessive force. When a black man is brutally beaten, his family goes to court and tries to hold the officer accountable. Now, the law as written uh, says that the family can do that. It says that the victim of uh, civil rights abuses can do that. Congress passed an act that dates back to Reconstruction. It was called the Ku Klux Klan Act. And it says very clearly that victims of state violence, civil rights abuses have the right to hold government officials accountable. The Civil Rights Act that Congress passed in 1871 created the legal violation, really, the right to sue. Qualified immunity is something that courts invented, and it says, think again. It says, we don't care about any of that. We are going to make him immune. Unless you happen to be able to point to a case that involved the same conduct and the same context uh, where a court told some other officer that it was wrong. So when granting qualified immunity, judges are looking at a kind of a two-part test. First, was there a civil rights violation? And secondly, was it clearly established? But a more recent um, Supreme Court decision in 2009 allowed judges to skip the first part of the test and only answer, was this violation clearly established as a violation? If a certain excessive force conduct is brought before the court and dismissed from qualified immunity because it wasn't established, that also prevents it from being established for future cases. The degree of specificity that the court has required of victims and their families to get any sort of uh, relief or accountability in the courts uh, is quite extraordinary. For anyone else, for anyone else, if you're talking about a doctor, you're talking about a construction worker who you want to hold accountable, showing that they violated the law. You can come into court, we'll hear you, we'll give you a trial. But when it comes to police officers, when it comes to state officials, um, don't even try that. Um, you better be able to show, to show us a case where we said this specific conduct was wrong. 
the degree of specificity that the court has required of victims and their families to get any sort of uh, relief or accountability in the courts uh, is quite extraordinary. There's a case that went up to the Supreme Court recently that the Supreme Court declined to hear, and it involved sicking an attack dog on an individual. And in that case, there actually was a prior case. A man had already surrendered, and an officer nonetheless sicked the attack dog on that man. And the court said that is a constitutional violation. And what the lawyers for the police argued in this case was, well, but in that case, the man was laying face down when he had surrendered. And in this new case, he was sitting with his arms up. And that distinction is sufficiently relevant to say that this officer should get immunity. Our team of reporters read through hundreds and hundreds of lawsuits. And we found that not only is qualified immunity a very common outcome, but that it's been getting easier and easier for police to have lawsuits thrown out because of qualified immunity. And we're seeing that this is especially true in cases where the judge rules that the rights were violated, but they're still granting qualified immunity. From 2005 to 2007, we were looking at cases where um, defense raises a qualified immunity defense. And in those cases, there was a qualified immunity ruling that favored the police in only 44% of cases. But in the more recent years, from 2017 to 2019, the ruling on qualified immunity favored police 57%, more than half the time. And there have been a number of Supreme Court rulings in that period in between that made it much more difficult for plaintiffs to overcome qualified immunity. It's a pretty growingly controversial doctrine, even within the Supreme Court itself. For example, Sotomayor in particular has been outspoken in some of her dissents, writing, for example, in one, it's telling police that they can, quote, shoot first and think later, and it tells the public that palpably unreasonable conduct will go unpunished. This bill also removes qualified immunity for police officers. That means any police officer could be dragged into civil court by any disgruntled person they ever come in contact with. And we all agree bad cops shouldn't be able to hide behind qualified immunity. A year ago, I would have said, you know, the Supreme Court is the only audience that uh, is really paying attention here, but that's not true today. There's been a lot more attention at the congressional level in discussing what could happen to the doctrine next, whether to reform it or abolish it. The House has passed a bill that would end qualified immunity. The resolution is adopted. And it's sitting in the Senate waiting for action. Everyone would agree that Congress has the ability to say that, look, we passed the Civil Rights Act of 1871, the Ku Klux Klan Act, and we said you can sue police officers and other state officials when they violate your rights. And we meant it. We didn't write qualified immunity because we didn't intend for there to be any qualified immunity in that law. All right. Attorney Matt, we're back. All right. Well, once again, my apologies. I've had to switch to a much better machine. Uh, but 
you're laughing at me and snicker and all that stuff, you know, all that's coming to an end. See, see, <laughs> no longer will Hugo J. Mack be the brother jokes of members of the panel. See, <laughs> so, so this is it. I got a Chromebook I'm using now fitting to throw this old laptop out the window. It has embarrassed <laughs> me for the 50th and last time. So, so, so here we are. Well, first of all, J. Love, I consider it a great honor to be able to make a presentation on qualified immunity in the state of Michigan, because there's so much information out there, but also so much misinformation. Okay. So, you know, at the end of my discussion, it mm -hmm. is my fervent hope that everybody who is listening to this will not only understand what qualified immunity is and it is not, but will be in a much better position to argue for the elimination of qualified immunity, okay? Mm -hmm. And so some of the major obstacles or arguments that are put forth in terms of qualified immunity, I want to try to educate the public as best as possible to give you the counter arguments to that. So when you go into any discussion, I don't care if it's the speaker of the house, I don't care if it's the grocery man, I don't care if it's Pookie and Ray Ray on the corner, you will be able to defend your position like a champ, okay? And so that's my that's my that's my goal. So once again, Jay Love and Reverend Tia, here we go. So now, first of all, what we need to understand is what's the whole concept behind qualified immunity. Now, we heard on the video some people talking about the the need for it. Okay. Well, let me talk about it in the state of Michigan. Okay. Qualified immunity in the state of Michigan is not created by the courts. Qualified immunity in the state of Michigan is created by the legislature wow. back in like 1964. Okay. The Michigan legislature did that when they created the governmental immunity act, which is public act 170 of 1964. Okay. So what the first thing I want to explain is when people talk about these public acts, okay, what are they? Well, a public act is simply that. It's like a, a catalog, you know, public act 85, public act 86, okay? So um, th there it is. There it is right there. Yes. And so uh, MCL stands for Michigan Compile Laws. In the state of Michigan, that's how we reference every law that the legislature has made. It's called a Michigan Compile Law. So anytime you see MCL, that lets you know it's a Michigan Compile Law and the numbers are simply the numbers in the catalog of, of laws to give you uh, where you need to look. Like Michigan has got maybe seven 700 chapters or so of laws. And the law we're talking about here is in the 691th chapter. So when you see that those first three numbers, like 691 or 285, that's letting you know what chapter that is. And the number after the period is like, um, um, if 691 is a book, the numbers after the period are chapters in the book and tells you exactly where you can go um, to, to, to find that. So governmental immunity in the state of Michigan is created largely by the legislature, not the courts not the courts. Now that's very important because it is only the legislature that can change that law. The only way the courts come involved is, it's like the Supreme Court 
was to carve out its own qualified immunity, which is called a bench-made law, not a legislative law, but a bench-made law, just like the Supreme Court did in 1967-68 with Miranda versus Arizona. That was a law made by the Supreme Court. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can or will be used against you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No state legislature created that law. A lot of people think that the, 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 the Congress or the legislature in Michigan created that law. That's not true. So anyway, so that's so important to remember that qualified immunity, as we know it, is created by the legislature. That is why the primary change to it must come through the legislature. Now, the whole philosophy behind qualified immunity is, is look, we don't want our police officers, our uh, electricians, our school boards, etc., hindered in their job by people threatening to sue them for vindictive, selfish purposes. And there is some utility in that argument, because if you're constantly going to court and having to defend yourself, it really does take you away from what you're supposed to be doing to protect the public. Um, it would be wrong for a police officer to have to spend all of their day in a courtroom, his or her day in a courtroom on a frivolous case, as opposed to being out there to protect and to serve. However, while that is a good facade argument of what we don't want police and government officials bogged down, the reality of it is, it is tremendously expensive to sue a municipality and even more expensive to sue a state, okay? So the mere fact that lawsuits are so horrendously expensive to do, it is only going to be the most egregious, the most provable cases that will ever come to court. The greatest example I've ever seen about that involved a man by the name of George Floyd, okay? The reason that that case got as far as it did is because somebody videoed it. That's the reason that case got as far as it did. Had that video not existed, there was an excellent chance those officers could have walked. Coven could have walked because there would have been no proof of to the egregious, horrendous, gross negligence, malicious intent, intent to kill other than that, that video. So when you hear people talk about, we cannot have our police tied up in court all day, they aren't because there are so few cases that can muster the resources to bring a case. Furthermore, if we had a means of addressing rogue police officers effectively, we would not need perhaps consent orders, which we've had in the city of Detroit, by the way, okay, in Philadelphia, consent orders where the police agencies and municipalities have been found guilty. And the government has said, okay, you got X amount of time to get your act together, or we're going to come back and sue you again. If people have more confidence and trust that they could hold police accountable, that would bring more respect for the system. It would bring people wanting to help wanting to take part in the system because they know the police officer that they're talking to is going to respect them and is not going to violate them because they know there is, in fact, a consequence. So 
That's the concept of qualified immunity. Now, in the state of Michigan, a lot of people don't know, the qualified immunity statute covers a whole bunch of stuff, okay? You know, and I don't have time to go through all of them, but, you know, it covers the, the liability that people might have, for example, the roads, trying to sue a road commission, uh, trying to sue a school board, what have you. But J-Love, for our purposes and our conversation, I want to focus on what is the hot topic, the hot issue right now in the state of Michigan, and that is addressing police brutality. Now, what's happened is, is that there are three bills that were created by Democrats in 2001 in the House of Representatives, okay? That's House Bill 5022, um, House Bill 5023, and House Bill 5024. Now, before we talk about those House bills, uh, which are struggling um, to get the support to amend the qualified immunity statute that really impacts people's lives with the, with the police, um, with the slides that I've got there, let me, let me go through and, and talk about exactly what these relevant bills mean. All right. Now, uh, what the qualified immunity statute says in terms when it comes to police, uh, it basically says that an officer, employee, board member, volunteer is immune from tort liability to person or property, I might add, if one, they are acting in the course of employment or service, two, they reasonably believe they were acting within the scope of their authority, three, they are performing a governmental function. Four, there was no gross negligence that is the proximate cause of injury or damage. And judges, prosecutors, and legislatures can't be sued because they have qualified immunity if acting within the scope of their authority. Now, there's a whole lot in there in terms of legal hurdles that are like walls, okay, like walls. So before I get into that, let me clear up some confusion about absolute immunity and qualified immunity, okay? In the state of Michigan, there's no such thing as absolute immunity, all right? That's not in the statute, all right, at all, okay? So when people say, well, the police have absolute immunity, no, they don't. But the reality of it is, if I make something so hard for you to do, in other words, if I make it so hard to bring a lawsuit against you, you're a policeman, uh, a bailiff or something like that. Well, that is a form of absolute immunity because I can never muster the resources to sue you. So while there is no absolute immunity in the law, in the black letter of the law, which is called um, de jure, which is by the law, there is de facto absolute immunity which means by fact, because it is so doggone hard to prove a, a police officer, let's say, is guilty of, of, of the items that I just, just told you. For example, gross negligence. That is a very, very hard thing to prove. Gross negligence means you just didn't give a damn. It's like you're standing on top of a tall building, okay, and you just throw a brick over the side of it, knowing there's a bunch of people down there. That's gross negligence. Now, negligence could be, well, I'm looking over the side of the building 
and my arm negligently hits a brick and it falls off. That's negligence. So you see, it's built into the statute that is a just about insurmountable, insurmountable hurdle to meet gross negligence. Now, one other part of the statute, it said the gross negligence must be the proximate cause of the injury. Well, what does that mean, Attorney Mack? The proximate cause means if it had not been for what you did, this would not have happened. But the problem with trying to prove proximate cause, if the defense comes in and says, well, now, wait a minute now, uh, I might have been partly responsible if I'm the police officer, but this plaintiff, this defendant in this criminal matter, he's responsible too now because he had no business getting up in my face. I felt threatened. So do, do you see what I'm trying to say about that? See what I'm trying to say about that? Proximate cause means you've got to show that the person who is being sued, they are the beginning and the end, the be all to end all of what happened. That is an extremely difficult thing to do. Now, another aspect, when they say acting within the scope of their authority, these municipalities and state agencies with unions pressuring them have buckled like tents in a tornado to union pressure about what is and is not within the scope of authority. So for example, a chokehold may be in the scope of authority. Why? Because the county or the municipality says their police officers can use chokeholds, okay? Tasing somebody can be within the scope of your authority. Why? Because the city council has said, we will allow our officers to carry tasers and tase people, okay? Spraying people with mace might be within the scope of authority. Why? Because the city council, the village elders have said, it is okay for our officers to mace people in the face. So even though that officer might abuse that, that right, of macing people, of tasing people, okay, of using chokeholds, if that is within the scope of their authority, they have an excellent defense in terms of qualified immunity. So hopefully by what I've said, you can see how the law as written right now makes it next to impossible, next to impossible to bring a lawsuit against, let's say, an officer. Now, the other thing is, is this, did the officer reasonably believe that they were within the scope of their authority? Well, a reasonable belief is a hard thing to disprove, okay? So if I ask you to disprove my reasonable belief, well, you've got a big burden on your hand because how can you disprove something about what somebody felt? The only person that can really tell you how they felt is the person that you're questioning. And if it's a police, the police are lying, it's in their best interest for their perspective to say, look, I reasonably believe my life was in danger. That's why I, I shot that man eight times. I thought my life was in danger. And you see what happens is the law says in terms of self-defense, for example, and by the way, let me tell you something. For all you citizens listening, don't you dare let anybody tell you that you should minimize your rights to self-defense and other rights, because I'm telling you this, when police officers are investigated or charged, they exercise the exact same rights that you have. And the law applies to them like anybody else. So even if they were mistaken, just like you or I, even if we were mistaken in self-defense and the person did not have a gun, but they had an object we thought was a gun, then that's our reason, belief that our life was in danger. The same thing police use all the time, all the time 
in terms of justifying their conduct. It's almost like in the police academies, they say, look, in a situation like this where a life is taken or somebody's harmed, this is what you say. I feared for my safety and the safety of my fellow officers. It's almost like that's on a tape somewhere and programmed into, into people's minds. Because of the hundreds of lawsuits that I've looked at, that is a constant with all of them. I feared for my safety and the safety of my, of my fellow officers. So that is some of the hurdles the, uh, the, the plaintiff, which would be, let's say, the victim of a, of a shooting, have got to overcome. So now, what is the legal remedy to that? Well, bravo to the Democrats in the House of Representatives, and two of them from Washtenaw County, by the way, Representative Brabeck uh, at the time, and then Representative Yusuf Rabi from, from Washtenaw County. Uh, a representative by the name of Tyrone Carter uh, initiated the, these series of bills. Okay, so now let's let's let, let's talk about the the first bill. Okay, that's 2021 House Bill 5022. Now, what happens and when you look at the uh, Qualified Immunity Statute, which is MCL 691.1407, relative to police misconduct? It only has three sections, okay? Three sections, A, B, and C. Well, what Representative Carter's bill would do, it would add a section D, okay? And what that section D would say that even if the government agent, let's say it's a police officer, all right, is performing a governmental function, for example, policing, and even if that was in the course of their employment, and even if that officer had a reasonable belief that they were acting within the scope of their employment uh, and authority. And even if that officer does not commit gross negligence, that is the proximate cause of an injury, even if all those things happen, even if all those things happen, that officer can still, can still be held accountable if, if it is shown Bear with me. If it is shown that there was an unreasonable use of force under the totality of the circumstances that is like but not limited to the threat of physical harm to the governmental agent or anyone else. Number three, was the force used proportional to the physical threat posed by the plaintiff? Four, did the agent first try to de-escalate the situation. Five, the agent's good faith lack of malice is not a defense. That is huge, J-Love, uh, Reverend Tia and, and, and audience. That is huge because what that says is it brings in the whole component of the totality of the circumstances. That's not in the law right now. That's not in the law right now. So when you look at the police conduct did you try to de-escalate? That's not in the law right now. What is the actual threat this person posed to you? You know, well, they were acting bizarre. They were acting crazy. But did they pose a threat to you? Did you have to discharge a weapon? Don't you have a baton? Don't you have a taser? Don't you have mace? Don't you have shields? Don't you have a radio to call backup? 
Why did you have to shoot this person? Was that really necessary? Couldn't you have isolated that person and try to de-escalate until mental health professionals could get there? This is huge. It's huge because for the first time, it makes those questions subject to being answered, you know, and, and I almost feel giddy. I'm so dang on happy. I almost feel <laughs> giddy because that is exactly what needs to happen. And I'm telling you right now and see, so, and, and it doesn't matter whether the officer had good faith. Maybe they had good faith, but they were wrong. Good faith in shooting somebody doesn't bring that person back, you know? So under totality of circumstances, that's why this is so huge. So, so <clears throat> that's what <clears throat> that first bill would do. It would add Section D. Now, the second bill, uh, 2021, I say 2021 because that's when these bills were first introduced. Okay. And by the way, if a bill does not get through all of the legislative process, for example, a bill, the House writes a bill. Well, there's got to be a subcommittee hearing on it. Then there's got to be a joint committee with the with the House and the Senate on it. Then it goes back to subcommittees. Look, it's a whole protocol that has to be followed before both houses can agree on a, an identical bill. When I say identical, I mean to the word, to the word. One bill can't have A, this in it, and the other bill can't have V. It's not a good bill. Identical. So all those things got to be ironed out. Then the House has got to vote on it, pass it. Then the Senate's got to vote on it, pass it. And it's got to go to the governor to sign. And the governor can veto any bill. Okay? Mm -hmm. The governor can veto any bill. And then the only way, and a pocket veto of a bill, is where the governor vetoes a bill when, uh, in this case, the Michigan House and Senate are getting ready to recess, effectively killing the bill. OK, killing the bill because there's not enough time to bring the bill back to see if there's enough votes to override the, the governor's veto. So a pocket veto, that's that's what that is. It's a it's an old phrase like a, a governor just keeping a bill in a pocket or in our case, purse. Uh, you know, so 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 th that's what's important. So this bill did not get through to the governor 2021, okay? It was stalled off by the Republicans. But now, now that for the first time in 40 years, Democrats control the House and the Senate, there's a greater chance of it actually getting through and to her desk. And I believe that once it gets to the governor's desk, she will sign it. But I want to caveat you, every Democrat is not on board with this. Remember, the Democrats have a razor thin, razor thin majority in the House and the Senate without every Democrat getting on board. And they got some conservative Democrats, y'all, OK, that are really more like Republicans, OK, that aren't on board with this. You notice how quickly they passed the amendment to eliminate uh, right to work in Michigan. They did that within 100 days, OK, because they had unions. And uh, excuse me for just being blunt, the unions and, and a whole bunch of Caucasian union members and folks out there that wanted to get rid of that. OK, right to work as well. They should have. Yeah. But 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 with a case like this, J. Love and Reverend Tia, people know they know this is really centered around black people. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. OK. And so without 
that push from the majority, just like when they put the issue about protecting a woman's right to the autonomy of her body, that constitutional amendment got more signatures than any constitutional amendment in the history of the state. Of the right. state. And they did that within a couple months. And me and you and Reverend Tia struggling to try to get the restoration of good time on the on the ballot for a constitutional a referendum couldn't get uh, could could couldn't get a, a flicker of support in it, and we was fighting that for months and months. But yet, a woman's right to choose got put on that ballot and passed overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly. So that goes to show you when people have a political will or they feel vested themselves. And God bless the women in this state. I support a woman's right to choose uh, and all that. But where's the political will on this, J. Love and Reverend Tia? Where, you know, you know, you know, you know, where is it? So now I think that it may be um, a will for because of what happened in Oxford, Attorney Matt. Well, you know what? I hope so. You know, but Jay Love, my candid feeling about that is, remember now, qualified immunity is created by statute, not the courts, okay? And the courts have got to enforce the law as written and intended by the legislature. So the way the law is written, although I'm disappointed, I understand exactly why that judge did what she did, because that's what the law says, Jay Love. That's what the law said, you know, because those school, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but those school board members at Oxford saying, look, we're doing our job. I mean, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry about the boy killing them people. But, you know, I mean, we can't protect everybody. Everything that ain't, you know, that ain't on us. So um, with qualified immunity, it's going to be very hard to get action. So before I go any further, Jay Love, I, I want to give you and Reverend Tia, if you have any questions about what I've said so far. Well, I do have a video before Reverend Tia say something. Oh, okay. Oh, I was just going to ask a question. Okay, go ahead. Is it Okay, so I was just going to ask. Um, so, Attorney Mack, there were prior to, you know, Michigan was making a big deal about um, significantly making changes around 2019 with that Michigan Joint Task Force on Jail and Pretrial Incarceration. Mm -hmm. And... And yet, so what you're saying, and I, I'm I'm just verifying, you know, with, with, with the listeners, is that was only um from my understanding, that task force was to investigate police. Correct. Right? Correct. Correct. And so did other things come up as a result of it? Did we ever get any findings on? Um, because I'm finding it very difficult in my own studying to see uh, evidence-based practices in police departments. Mm -hmm. For instance, mm -hmm. bullying is something we use in schools. Mm -hmm. But we know and people have reported bullying within police departments itself that not only does it happen on the outside with the public, but things are happening on the inside. Mm -hmm. But you don't have the studies to to say, well, we've we've done some explorative study regarding what's happening with Michigan police force. Um, and I'm not saying none has happened. I'm saying it's not as evident. 
Correct. And, and, and remember this, a task force is just that. They're not a legislative body. They aren't a court. Now, they can make recommendations, okay? And you see, the thing of it is, what some police agencies have tried to do is say, well, you know, we can police ourselves, okay? We've got internal affairs, which is true, which is true, but internal affairs are other police officers. And it takes an exceptional professional to go above and beyond the culture they were raised in to be able to recommend criminal charges against one of their own. Because you see, it, it, and when I say one of their own, I really do mean that because that is a culture. And I'm not telling the both of you something you don't know, okay? And you know, there's pressure that's put on people within the department in terms of conforming. And I can tell you from my own criminal justice experience, it was very hard to find any corrections officer that was gonna say anything against any other correction officer. I had one corrections officer cuss me out in front of a sergeant, a sergeant standing right there. And when I wrote a grievance against that officer that cussed me out, that sergeant said he heard nothing of the kind. Pitiful, pitiful. So so th there we are, Reverend Tia. Uh, I'm gonna play this video Thank right you. quick, Tony Matt. Get him. Uh, boss, wrong guy. Let him up. Oh, you broke my arm. I'm gonna see you for everything you've got. Case dismissed. What? Qualified immunity. It's not for you, it's just for me. I shot your dog. I shot your wife. I, I get, get to go on with my life. It's not that you don't have some rights, but when we get you in our sights, we can't be sued. You've got no case. It's time for you to learn your place. Qualified immunity. It strips all liability. I stole your cash. I broke your jaw. Look it up, it's settled law. Qualified immunity. We get off without penalty. I broke down your front door while serving a search warrant on the wrong house at 3 a.m. and then I shot you in the face. Twice. Oh dear. Wow. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so um where you were talking about the first um the first bill mm -hmm. that video you know those are some questions will be answered. You know, they had um, a whole different person in place and they beat this guy down who don't even look like the person. That's and right. then the, the judge said, hey, you know, case dismissed. That's right. That's right. But if we have um, reform, you know, it, it will ask those questions, you know, you were talking about earlier. That's right. That's but right. That, just to make it simple, that's what it, that's what what it, it is. is. What it is. Right. So my my granddaughter heard the puppets and came running <laughs> over to the screen <laughs> because she wanted to see what that was all about. And, and it's even though it's in a childlike way, it's not funny because basically that that is what's that's what happens. And yes, Deidre, it's a doggone it's a shame. It's it's a shame. It's terrible. Yes, Tiffany. Yeah, I'm telling you. We gotta. Um, we have to go ahead and listen to. I'm. I've been taking notes. Uh, I'm gonna go back through this podcast, and we gotta continue to um, seek and write and contact legislatures regarding these bills. 
and um, maybe even have a day of just a writing day. Mm-hmm. Co- correct. Contact day. Yeah, you know. Follow um, it up. A- absolutely. Not so, literally. Right, right. So, Jay Loves, you want me to go on and explain the other two bills? You want me to wait? Yes. Yes, go ahead, Attorney Matt. Okay, so the Graverman of this package is the bill that I that we just talked about, okay? Which says that even though all of the barriers to suit that I told you, uh, gross negligence, proximate cause, uh, reasonable belief, acting within the scope of their authority, acting within the scope of their employment, okay? Uh, believing they were acting within their authority, okay? Um, even though all those things are there, there is still a totality of the circumstances analysis that has to be gone through with the variables that I talked to you about. And an officer's good faith belief is not a defense, is not a defense, okay? So now, so that's that's House Bill 5022, okay? And all these bills are together, okay? It's a, it's a packet of bills that's going through the legislative process um, in bank, in other words, uh, all, all together. Now, House Bill 5023 states that the law on intentional torts, um, and an intentional tort is um, is something where, for example, you you walk up to somebody and you just deliberately punch them in the face. Okay. Now, the 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 standards for proving an intentional tort are are different somewhat than 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 like negligence or gross negligence. And what happened is, is that the reason this House Bill 5023 is there, um, it says that even though the standards are different for showing intentional tort, in other words, it may be harder to show, like one of the uh, elements of like intentional tort, uh, um, intentional infliction of emotional distress is appalling behavior, okay? appalling behavior. Well, that's like saying blue, okay, blue. I mean, that is subject to so much interpretation. What's blue? You mean a powder blue? Is it a a dark blue? A light blue? A Honolulu blue? I mean, a sky blue? You see what I'm saying? It is so hard to define appalling behavior. So what this bill does, 5023, it says, you know what? Even if the plaintiff is suing for, let's say, intentional infliction of emotional distress, the fact that their standards may be different for that tort, a tort is a a civil wrong done by one person or a group or entity to another, even though they may not be able to show appalling behavior, they still get the analysis what about the totality of the circumstances, okay? So that is a very important bill because it, it ties up any loose ends in terms of, of, of intentional intentional tort. So that's what that's what that, that bill does, okay? Um, so Jay Love, I'll ask you, Reverend Tia, do you have any questions about what I just said? No? no okay, so yeah, I do. So it ties up loose ends as far as, can you just give a, another example? Give an example of, of that. Okay. 
Okay, so so for example, let's say the police beat me up, okay? Beat me up, okay? And um, as a lawyer, I tell you, when I sue somebody, I sue with many different theories, many, many different theories, okay? So for example, if I'm gonna sue a police officer, well, I may say they were negligent, count one. They were grossly negligent, count two. Abuse of authority, uh, count three. Uh, racial discrimination, count five. Intentional tort, intentional infliction of emotional distress, count six, okay? So for each of those counts, I've got to be able to prove each and every element that makes up those counts, okay? I've got to prove that. But when it comes to intentional tort, they've got a whole different series of uh, category or different things that have to you have to prove uh, different than, than in, in most cases. That's the simplest way to put it. I'm sorry if I'm oversimplifying it. But this is important because you don't want somebody to be precluded, precluded from bringing a lawsuit based on intentional tort, let's say intentional infliction of emotional distress and not have these qualifications in there that even if I can't show the officer's conduct was appalling, what did the officer do with the totality of the circumstances? Did he try to deescalate or she, you know, did, did did they have to pull a gun on me? I didn't have no gun. You know, uh, what did he try to isolate me so it wasn't necessary for me to get hit in the head with a billy club? I get to ask those questions no matter what my theory of uh, prosecuting the lawsuit is. And I'm sorry if I haven't explained it clearly. No, that's good. No, that that's that's good. That was that that makes it clear. That makes it um clear cuz and I'm also understanding that the as far as protocol uh so it, it appears to me, you know, just from a layman's term that protocols for police are vague. Oh, oh, oh. You know oh. like yeah. If if this then this if there, it's not clear, right? Right, know? and see and see that is so excellent what you just said, Reverend Tia, because that happens because you know you've got over eighty thousand law enforcement agencies in in this country, you have over eight hundred and eighty thousand boarding on a million police officers in this country. Okay, and the problem is we have no federal legislation mandating a uniform system of protocol and conduct for police okay mm -hmm. and and every time and, and you know people people talk about the democrats all they want they they're the ones putting forth the policies that i like okay they're the ones that put forth the george floyd bill they're the ones that put forth the john lewis civil rights bill okay so it it, it hasn't essentially been them blocking those it's been republicans but now but now but now you got your Democrats and uh, Kristen Cinema. She doesn't change to be an independent, okay? You know, so so she doesn't change to that. You got Joe Manchin, actually a Republican, Republican light, actually. See, 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 and he running for re-election. Uh, a former governor of uh, West Virginia running against him. He ain't worrying about a damn thing. He got his people with him. You know, you know, he ain't voting for all this stuff, this clean air stuff. Damn clean air. You know, we got coal miners uh, to look at. To, to, to look at. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, 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 I'm sorry, so, 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 so what I'm saying is, 
is that you've got some people that are quote unquote Democrats that ain't riding with this. And that's why this bill, these series of bills have not been pushed through further than they have, because you got them Democrats saying, look, I don't want the police shooting on my ass. Okay. You know, you know, I had, excuse me, I had a tough campaign and the police union out there saying, I'm trying to harm them. I'm for unsafe streets. That could kick my behind out of a job. I ain't finna do that. I ain't finna do that. So I was going to say also some of them take money from police unions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you can't go against the person that's um, just feeding you. Right. Right. You know, and see, one of the things is, like I said, all our skin ain't our kin. The Republicans put up Tim Scott. Tim Scott. OK, now it ain't but a handful of blacks in the Senate. All right. Um, and only one black Republican, to the best of my knowledge, that's Tim Scott. So the blacks, we got Tim Scott, uh, we got Cory Booker, um, uh, isn't that a shame? Tim Scott, Cory Booker, who who else? Who, who, how, how many of the blacks in the Senate, y'all? Help me out. Uh, Tim Scott, Cory Booker, we don't have a black woman senator? Um, well, you muted, you muted, Rabbitia. Yeah. Um, uh, Tim yeah, Scott, Tim Scott, Cory Booker, and you know, forgive me, y'all, but I can't think of any other. I can't. I'm struggling to think of any other blacks in the Senate from yeah. Michigan. No, 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 in the Senate altogether. Cory Booker oh. is from New Jersey. Tim Scott is from is from South Carolina. Um, uh, so. I, I'm only seeing two blacks um, in the in, in the Senate, but in any event, my point we is Carol Carol Braun. Well, well, she was from from she Illinois, was. but you see, yeah. she she got defeated overwhelmingly because she didn't want to impe she didn't want to impeach Bill uh, kick kick Bill Clinton out of office. So so in any event, so so what what I'm saying <laughs> is is this, you know, excuse me for a minute. Let me editorialize for just a minute, Jay Love and Reverend T. Okay, you, you see, the Republicans, they picked the only black Republican senator in the Senate to represent them on qualified immunity. Now, see, Tim, Cott, Tim Scott need to be ashamed of himself. He need to be asking themselves, now, y'all ain't putting me on no appropriations to represent y'all. Y'all ain't putting me on no other budgets to represent y'all. Y'all ain't putting me on, uh, you know, Social Security to represent y'all. But the one thing, the one thing that largely impacts black people, they put his black charcoal black behind up there to speak for them, to give legitimacy to hell no, to qualified immunity uh, ending, hell no. And we're going to have one of y'all say hell no for us. So don't say we racist because one of y'all is saying it. That's exactly what happened. And Clarence Thomas, I hope you're listening. How dare you speak against affirmative action? How dare you? Do you really think it's coincident that George Bush the first picked your black behind to replace the mm -hmm. only black man on the Supreme Court at the time, a man by the name of Thurgood Marshall? What are the odds of him picking your charcoal black behind out of all them hundreds of qualified judges, Caucasians, to take that seat and you just think he just happened to pick you because you was the best and the brightest? 
How dare yeah. you? You are living example of affirmative action. You are living mm -hmm. example of meeting a quota, putting your behind up right. there, and you got nerve to stand and talk about we don't need a, a affirmative action. You got nerve mm -hmm. to be one of the deciding votes to hell with the Voting Rights Act, okay? Right. Of 1964, okay? Or 65. Mm -hmm. to, to hell with that. We don't need that. And ever since that case is called uh, 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 Holder, uh, Shelby versus Holder, uh, uh, mm -hmm. Alabama, ever since then, you've got 19 right. states that have been rushing to make it harder and harder and harder for mm -hmm. black folks to vote. Okay, thank you, Clarence Thomas. You know, but I'm gonna tell you what, you might think you got a white privilege. Your wife is white, you ain't, you ain't. Okay, so you know, that white privilege only carry you for so long. And by the way, you better be sure to have your I'm with y'all card if you ever get stopped mm -hmm. on a dark street. Because dark as you are, you look just like one of us, Clarence. You look just <laughs> like one of us. Okay, ed editorial is done. I'm sorry, Jayla. Okay, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not claiming it. I was gonna say one not from Georgia is the other one. Right. Yeah, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Warner. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, and the the female was um Harris until she became vice president. That's true. That's so true. That's we don't true. have any more female African Americans so, right now. So 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 you see, Tim Scott was saying no to quality no to the eliminate qualified immunity because we don't want to put put the police in a bind but yet what they're not telling you is the sheriff's association or the national sheriff's association said we're okay with it okay you know because we want to root out bad officers and see and cj love reverend tia what what bills like this is so important is because it will start changing the culture yeah. Start change and see that's our problem, y'all. We have a cultural problem. You know, right. we got a cultural problem more than we got a race problem. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so when police go to the police academy and they know now, look now, there's qualified immunity. We're gonna try to protect y'all, but they got a totality of the circumstances analysis. So y'all better be real careful that you can show you had to pull your weapon. You had. Mm -hmm. Your life was in danger. You yeah. didn't have time to call for backup. Okay, you know, right. you know, you know, you didn't have time to do none of that. So, mm -hmm. um, and when it, people it, know that people are looking, what mm -hmm. if you know that people are paying attention, you're going to do your mm -hmm. job professionally. Absolutely, you're not going to be doing any old thing, choking people out or whatever. That's because right. Because you can get away. You could just cry uh, qualified immunity, you know? Right, right. No, right. I was right. watching a video earlier. And I was going to play it tonight, but I probably won't. Um, they were talking about um, the case where the young man, um, what is his name? The one who was, who um, killed the three people um, um, oh. doing the Black Lives Matter protests. Oh, oh, a uh, written hour. Kyle written hour. Yeah, Rittenhouse. So anyway, yeah. his one of the families are suing the police because the police, they're saying they deputized him. They deputized him and pretty much gave him the freedom to go out here and kill people. Mm -hmm. And so now these officers who did it are crying qualified immunity, you know. But you um, how are you crying qualified immunity? You you set this thing in motion for this kid to be out here, you know. So they're fighting that in court. And so um, 
the judge has um, ruled against, I think a few days, uh, weeks ago or whatever, saying that they can't quite uh, qualify immunity. So the trial is going to proceed. Well, but, yeah, because I, I think that was definitely a hard way to to try to prove that they were doing something in the line of duty. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that I I find that, you know, I'm glad that um, they're not going to let allow that to be upheld. Um, that that's ridiculous. You know, I, I think what we need to understand, too, is that it's the mindset of leadership that directs the culture so mm -hmm. the leadership and when you look at leadership whether it's police chiefs and district attorneys and everybody who is in a leadership position to serve the people they are in a position that that really dictates the culture of that particular office or community or department Right. And if if we are seriously implementing ways to combat brutality, then you will have leaders who embrace the change. Mm -hmm. I well, think I... that is where we're going to have another um, wave of resistance. Right. 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 If you look at the qualified immunity whole concept you know, concept or whatever. This took place like in the, what, in the late 60s, Attorney Matt? Well, the, the statute was, was written, the statute we're talking about is 1964. Right. So what was going on at, during that time? You know, there was- Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All this stuff, you know, even mm -hmm. what was the- uh, That's right. Uh, Detroit, that was 68 when it had the riots. And yes. So, but there was, but there was the Freedom Summer in Mississippi in '63 or '64. Remember that? Right. Yeah. Remember that mm -hmm. when all yeah. when all them black and white kids went down there, and you know, and 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 remember Swarney Goodman and Cheney. Remember that? Remember that? Remember Viola Liuzzo? Remember her? Remember mm -hmm. her? Yep. All this, all this was going on, and there were police, by the way, that were involved in the murder of Swarney Goodman and Cheney. They had them boys in a police station kept them there till midnight, midnight, and let them go, and let them go, okay, you know, by themselves in a vehicle. How come you couldn't let them go in the daytime? Why you don't mm -hmm. wait till midnight to let them go? Mm -hmm. See? See? Right. See? See? You know? So so. All these uh, misbehaved policing had to be protected <laughs> because I it would have caused even more turmoil. Right. And so that's where they they came up with this qualified immunity thing, trying mm -hmm. to collect, protect people, uh, uh, police, where they were doing a whole lot of corrupt things. That's right. And it trickled over in the 70s, 80s, and 90s in Detroit, where they mm -hmm. was doing so much. Even when um, uh, Miss Diane was on, she was talking about how in the 80s, probably about uh, 80 to 90% of those guys that was arrested in the 90s were wrongfully convicted mm -hmm. so all this protection you know they had to do all of these things to plant cases and plant all this stuff on people because they knew they were protected so these bills that's coming up i think are great bills 
If we can't get rid of it, we can have accountability. That's, and this calls for accountability. That's yes. right. And and Jay Love, I'd like to talk about the third and final bill, which, yes. which is in the packet. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that's 2021 House Bill 5024. Now, that would add a section E to um, MCL 691.1704 and reads as follows. A governmental agency is not immune from liability that arises from liability under Section 70. That is huge because let me, let, me, let me tell you why, okay? That says not only can the individual mm -hmm. officer be mm -hmm. held accountable, but the agency itself, mm. itself can be right. held accountable, okay? So that strips, let's just say, the Washtenaw County Sheriff's Department, okay? That strips them of their qualified immunity status because mm -hmm. they can be questioned over, wait a minute, how did you train this officer? Okay, yeah. okay. Did you train them to de-escalate, for example? Did you train them to use other methods than deadly force? Didn't you mm -hmm. provide them with a taser, didn't, with a pepper spray, with a baton, with mm -hmm. handcuffs, with a shield, with a radio, with backup, with a helmet, with, with body armor and a camera? Mm -hmm. Didn't you provide them, you know, didn't you do all that? Mm -hmm. And see, that's huge, J-Love. Because mm -hmm. it, and Reverend Tia, because it stops a bad police department from sacrificing mm -hmm. one officer while they stay clean. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Right. So, so, so that's that's huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So those are mm -hmm. the three bills. Uh, is there feedback? Yeah. Wait a minute. No, that's me. Sorry. No, okay. Um, so those are the three builds, J Love and, and Reverend T and audience. But you know, J Love, I'd like to tell you and the audience and Reverend Tia what these builds do not do. Okay. What they Okay, so wait, 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 wait. I, I got I had a question on the 5024. Okay. So with that with that bill, having that bill passed, then now we are addressing the leadership. See, that's the connection there. I just want to say that that's why that that's is important. Like very important. Yeah. Because now we are saying as a leader, you are accountable, you are responsible. This is For very your work. important. Yes. Yes. You are because responsible. It continues. it continues when leadership does not is not responsible. And Jay like, Love, where are the corrective action plans for each department? Right. Yeah. Who's, who's holding the, these officers and the departments accountable for change? You know what, Jay Love and Reverend Tia, like they did in Tennessee, we need to get y'all in the legislature because, <laughs> because both y'all are magnificent. I'm serious. Both y'all are, are magnificent. That's exactly right, Reverend Tia. That's exactly right, you know. And so um, these bills got an uphill battle, though, y'all. They, they got a, got an uphill battle, you know. And uh, I, I'm 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 optimistic. 
I am. But the public got to know the rest of the story, like Paul Harvey would say. Mm -hmm. The rest of the story. So, J-Love, if y'all want to take a coffee break or whatever, you know, but let me know <laughs> when you want me to talk because I am I, I got to unload all this. I've been carrying this. I've been loaded down like Pancho Villa for the last week. <laughs> I got to tell this out. Okay. No, you no, you good, Reverend. I mean, uh, Reverend, Reverend Mac. <laughs> I accept that. I accept that. I accept that. So. You good, Attorney Matt, because you know what? We need these are things that we really need to know because now we can take responsibility. We right. can uh inform our legislators that this is what we want by you know writing a letter, um, sending emails. Um, we can educate our families and friends on this because these things are important. And just like, you know, even that last bill that you were talking about, even that holds um, um, other agencies responsible. So just like in the school thing, um, right. now you can hold, I think it was um, the other day when they talked about, and I sent this to Reverend T, I think I sent this to the group about the young lady who was strip searched at school no one notified the parent no mm -hmm. one said anything they just took another student's word for it and strip searched a kid with no parental anything so now the school the if something like this passed not only do you hold those people responsible you can hold the school um district responsible and these kind of things help change happen Mm -hmm. You know, and so mm -hmm. these is very important. It's not only just police, there's just other agencies throughout the state that we need to hold, to be held accountable for the things that they do and that's for right. the agents, their that's employees right. that they have. That's right. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, so. But now, like I say, the rest of the story. OK, mm -hmm. the rest. We're ready. Story. All right. All right. Well. Some things that this law does not do. Uh -oh. One, it doesn't make for any accounting for personal financial liability. Okay. Financial liability. You know, Jay Love and Reverend Tia, one of the big things that police, and I, and I say police because most of our conversation centers around police brutality, is protecting that pension, boy. Protecting that pension. Okay. This mm -hmm. bill does not allow for any direct financial liability in terms in terms of the of the officer. In fact, under the law as it exists and will continue to exist because this bill does not change it, the the bill allows for municipalities to get insurance and to pay the legal expenses of these officers in the in the state of Michigan. That's what is in the law right now that this new proposal doesn't even talk about that. Okay. So your tax dollars, and I'm looking at two taxpayers right now, by the way, your tax dollars are going in the state of Michigan coffers. Um, and if you live in Warren or wherever this, wherever case comes, comes out of you paying for your municipality to have insurance. In other words, you paying a premium. The, let's say the city of Warren is paying insurance premiums. Okay. To, defend these officers. So what that really shows is, regardless of the wrongdoing of the officer, regardless, the law still allows for you to pay 
for uh, Derek Coven's conduct, okay? You to pay for Budson and Nevers' criminal offense, okay? Okay? And all the other rogue police officers. The law does not hold financially liable individually. In other words, if you found responsible for this, you're going to forfeit that pension. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. The law doesn't say that. So you've got an officer that could be found guilty of these things and sued and not pay a personal penny of their own money. Okay. What the law Wait does a minute. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a certain kind of way now. Wait right, a we still got to pay a tiny bit? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. So we're still protecting their money. Oh, absolutely. And we've and they've destroyed a person's life. Right. You are protecting their pension because there's nothing in legislation that says if you're found responsible for taking somebody's life or putting somebody in the hospital in a coma, whatever that is, you're forfeiting that pension. It doesn't say that. You're not only going to forfeit the pension, you're going to pay for your own criminal civil defense. Law doesn't say that. So the city council and city of Ann Arbor can say, we don't give a damn what you say officers did. We paying for that defense and glad to do it. With our money. With your money. That's right. That's right. So you're financing your own, you're financing your own victimization is what you're doing. <coughs> Excuse me. Number two, no personal liability insurance. This law does not mandate that police officers have to have personal liability insurance. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh God. Excuse me. See, as, as an attorney, I've got to have liability insurance if I'm doing certain cases in certain realms. I have to, all right? So if somebody, because the Michigan Supreme Court has said, now, wait a minute, Attorney Mack, if you handle in certain types of cases, you better have some insurance because you have a responsibility to the 10 million people of the state of Michigan. So if you wrong, the people of the state of Michigan shouldn't subsidize that. You need to subsidize that. You need to do that. See, so as an attorney, I can be had and I'm glad to be able to be had because otherwise you'll have rogue lawyers out here doing whatever the hell they want, jacking people over, taking their money, ripping them off. You know, so there's a whole series of things the state can do to get at my black behind. I, I know it and I live with it every day. And it's part of my culture. You will never catch me shortchange no, no client. Or, or being late on a filing fee because of my ethic, because of who I am. But I also know there's somebody looking over my shoulder, a lawyer as smart or more competent than me that'll be looking to say, oh, no, you didn't file that on time, Attorney Mac. You got the answer for that. I know that. I know that. I'll never let that happen. So th there is no personal liability insurance that these officers have to have. And why? Why not? They got to be certified. They, they got to be proficient with a gun. They got to mm -hmm. be proficient with driving a high-powered automobile. Okay, but so wh why can't you have insurance? I can't drive my car without automobile insurance. So, in any event, uh, number three. I had hope for a minute. <laughs> okay. 
I'm sorry. I'm right. sorry. Right, attorney man, you you gotta give you gotta give assistance time to breathe. And, <laughs> you know, we 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 I don't went to zero minute, to one hundred. We. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead, not. Jay. Go ahead, Jay, because I know I know this is this is really we we got to calm down on the inside. Okay, okay. I'm doing some deep breathing. I'm deep breathing. I mean, Rabbitia, don't you have to have a uh, uh, assurance for what you do, Rabbitia? Okay, yeah, I have to have. Listen, I got to have insurance. If I'm if I'm a practicing psychologist, you got to have insurance. If I'm operating a mental health company, an agency, you have to have insurance. You have to have insurance that that is responsible for so many millions. If if you are liable, that's right. And yet, and I'm not even uh, in leadership over over a whole city. So right. this is what I want people to understand. Businesses are more liable than the police department. And we need to, these are the changes that need to happen. Go ahead, Jay. You know, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm just saying that um, there was, um, this just recently happened a few days ago when a gentleman, they locked him in the gas station and he shot everybody in the gas station. I, I, I saw that. I saw that. Yes. They wow. didn't have the proper license. Wow. So they were immediately closed. Mm -hmm. So even a store, everybody has to have a license or some kind of insurance. Okay, Attorney Mac, I'm going to let you go ahead. Okay. Well, you know what? I knew this would happen. Okay. So, 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 so. It was so good for a minute. Go ahead, I know. I know, I know, you know, and we ain't even halfway through the list. So, uh, so, 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 so. downhill, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, number three, mm. no mandatory registry of officers who have found to be violated people's civil rights and been sued. No mandatory registry. Do you know the officer that shot and killed Brianna Taylor got hired by another police agency? Yes. Okay. Okay. See, for me, if I'm disciplined, all right, I just can't go to another uh, state. I can try to apply, but they're going to say, well, wait a minute. Aren't you the one that got disbarred in Michigan? Well, yeah. Well, what the hell is wrong with you? We don't need you. We don't. No, we try to have good lawyers in Illinois, not bad ones, Mr. Mack. You know, try, try Ohio, CFD hiring. And that's the way. And that's the way it is. Okay. You know, every, like yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. In Tennessee, where they, uh, where they beat the young man to death. Right. Tyree, Tyree Nichols. The citizens have to pay for that. That's right. Oh. That's right. That's Even right. Even though that's a criminal case and um, they have been charged, the citizens are going to have to pay for that. Go ahead, Attorney Matt. That's right. So, you know, and, and the thing of it is when I hear these cases about, uh, I don't know, George Floyd's people, I don't know if they got, what, $10, $12 million or, or, or whatever, or something like that. And, and you know, and, and I see people rejoicing over that. You know, I'm I'm, I'm somewhat muted. In, in that regard, 
nothing can bring back a human life and there's no amount of money that can do that. So I'm, I'm happy in the extent that maybe some financial help is there, but, but these municipalities don't care. It's not their money. It's your money. Okay. It's not, it's not coming out their city budget. It's your money that you pay in for insurance. And if the insurance rates go up, guess what? So do your taxes. Mm -hmm. So do your taxes. Okay. So, you know, now what this law doesn't do in addition to not voiding pensions, it doesn't void administrative leave with pay. You see what happens is in a lot of these cases where police are suspected of like killing somebody or, you know, harming somebody, they're on what's called administrative leave with pay. <laughs> with pay, with pay. So that, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like when, the officers who went into the, um, I just have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that went in and, and, and it's somebody's house, another officer's house, and just ramshacked the house. That's right. That's right. That was arrested. They are administrative leave with pay. Right. Right. Now you owe attorney Mac and ransack your house, somebody's house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See how much pay you get. <laughs> Woo. Look here, look here. Y'all be trying to start a GoFundMe to, to get my black behind out of jail. <laughs> Wait, look, attorney Mac, we needed to be able to give you a time out. You need to have a time out because look. Look, I need them to be affected economically. Whatever, you know, we need to, something has to has to affect them. If we don't affect it economically. And, it doesn't and change the behavior. Like, it's not going to change the behavior because we're still paying for our own demise. Absolutely. And this this is what I'm saying. This this is now, now I'm feeling a certain kind of way. I, I, I was, I was, I was feeling very peaceful and positive. I'm still I peaceful and positive. Too. I know. See, you remind um, me, attorney man. All there was all Detroit police officers <laughs> ramshacking the house. Yeah. And I was hey. like, what the? Hey. And we hey. still hey. got to pay? Right. AJ hey. Love doing what they wanted to do. Yeah. They're probably going to say qualified immunity. That's right. Do it. <laughs> Hey, AJ Love, they get up in there and say, you know what? I always didn't want to throw me a brick through somebody's window. <laughs> right. And I think it was, I don't know if it was last week's video that Jay put on the on the um on the show, or if it was, you know, because we view these things during the week too. So I, I could have been one of those. But there, I did see an officer that was being held on charges of sexual abuse. To a female on a stop, on a night stop, he had okay. a pattern of stopping women on on during the evening, wow, and then uh, making them perform um, oral sex, wow. wow, and so it caught up with him. And in the interview, the sergeant asked him while she was questioning him, um, "Did you have any? Did you?" come from Michigan doing that. He was from Michigan. And I, I sent, I think I either sent that to you, Jay, or in, anyway, it was one of those where in real time you saw where a, a cop 
left a state because of he was it was catching up with him there moved to another state to be hired continued the, the same, same behavior right nothing and nothing most of the women when when they saw all the women who had complained I think it was like 18 different women. I'm not sure, but it was a whole page of women. All of them were African-American women who had complained. The other, the other just not just African-American, African-American women who, who had low socioeconomic um, background. And so they didn't have the monies to fight. And so now you're, you know, so we're saying that kind of behavior can still continue if you don't affect them economically, basically. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay, Attorney Matt, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah I digress. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. The good news is we just about oh. have the good news is we just about halfway through the list. Oh, we hey, there's hey, good you, news. You know what? <laughs> hey, hey y'all, but the bad news is we're just about halfway through the list. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, okay, now, you know, now there is no mandatory termination in this in this bill. You see, when police agencies, for example, um fire demand that killed Brianna Brianna Taylor okay that that's not statutory that's not statutory they did that as a matter of public relations that's not statutory okay because they want to give the image of we got rid of this bad apple no you didn't you just put it in another cart that's all you did another cart full of apples that look just like the cart you took that apple out of that's all right. you did that's all you did. See, back in the day, in my hustling times, that's called a shell game. And so, you know, you know, you know, put twenty dollars down. A P is under one of these shells here. I'm gonna switch these around, okay? <laughs> so, so. Mm -hmm. See, see, Malcolm called that the Holy Gully, the Murphy, take you down a dark alley without a flashlight, okay? <laughs> you know, driving down a one way street in a car that can't go in reverse. It's like. <laughs> Right. So it's no man. It's, it's no mandatory, you know. So a police officer could do that and end up keeping that money, that that same pay grade, and just working a filing office or riding the desk. It, there's no law that, that that says he can't or she can't stay there. And then now, for example, they've got a law now that says if you're a criminal, like you're convicted and go to prison in the state of Michigan. You cannot make proceeds off your story like like writing a book or a movie, okay? In the state of Michigan, you can't do that. All monies, for example, some, you know, John Norman Collins, y'all 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 remember him, right? John Norman Collins, the one supposed to kill all them co-eds up at Eastern Michigan University, okay? Still in prison by the way up north. Um he can he can never sell this story and make money off it. The state will take that money. There's no such prohibition for the police. Okay, there's no such prohibition for the police. You remember a police officer out in California uh, involved in the O.J. Simpson case named Mark Furman? Okay, remember Mark Furman? Okay, okay. He went on Oprah, Oprah, you know, you know, the black queen, Oprah. 
okay, and and gave his story, okay, you know, uh, and that so so he was able to make profit, okay, and he admitted in there saying nigger, he admitted it, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. okay, <laughs> you got to go back to time out. <laughs> Go sit on the bench now. We in time out again. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. 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 So off an officer, what you're saying, an officer can take a story, even if he was a culprit in the story, even though he's getting paid by the people. And he gets to get paid some more because of his story. Oh, absolutely. 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 You know, absolutely. And you know, you, you, you know what else the law doesn't do? The law does not mandate exposure. Where all this money coming from for your defense? See, what happens is with these police unions, with the racist tint of the police. Oh, by the way, I guarantee you those five black cops in Tennessee that that uh kill that man you they won't get a dime a dime from these well majority control police unions you understand they have cut them off like black bags of trash in the Huron River you understand they are on their own their own okay not the same with the Chicago Police Department not not the same with the Atlanta Police Department. Remember when those Atlanta officers, remember that black guy, he was sleeping in his car at, at a fast food restaurant, and then he got out the car, and there was an altercation. He was trying to run. They shot that man in his back. Remember that? Remember that? Okay. They have police union down there, all kind of fundraisers for them boys' defense, all kind of fundraisers. So what I'm saying is what this law doesn't do is expose these these groups because i think you and i have a right to know well now wait a minute now uh target uh, uh department store what they gave ten thousand dollars to these officers to fund fund well guess what i'm not gonna shop at target okay you see you see i'm not i'm not gonna shop at target and these these police agencies that uh you know the fraternal order of police oh Oh, they didn't got $50,000 to uh, defend these guys? Okay. Donair, one of their representatives called me for a donation. Okay. Donair, one of them called me for a donation, you know, to help the crippled officers fund. Don't you, don't y'all, lose my number, lose my number, lose my number. Okay. So we don't have any way of knowing. It, it's called dark money. Okay. It's funneling from somewhere. We have no way of knowing who it is because I'm going to tell you this. When I ran for, for county prosecutor, everybody who gave me money had to be accounted for. Okay. In a public record, I might add. So you know what? So if my neighbor, okay, or one of my law colleagues that, you know, smile in my face and I find out, damn, I'm looking at this public record. You gave $5,000 to these police? Oh, mean you can't hang out? We can't hang out. So, 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 so. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so. Yeah, not the same. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh no, 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 no. So, so, so there is no accounting for that. And I'm saying, if I run for office, you you have a right to know where I'm at because I'm seeking a a position of public trust. So, if I am being held to account for wrong police conduct, why don't you have a right as a citizen to know who is supporting me in that quest? Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So now, uh, what other thing is, there is no what I call Oxford liability, okay? You know, you know what them parents try to do to bring that school board, okay, uh, to heal, okay? What I'm saying is, is that not only with police, but with the school board, this really, it, it, it doesn't do that much to affect them. You say, why you say that, Attorney Mac? Because those the school boards are not charged with excessive force. The school board is not charged, it, it's not a dynamic of a totality of the circumstance of de-escalation of what other means that you have that you didn't have to use deadly force. You understand? That 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 really accounts for police. Police. Mm -hmm. So the, the Oxford's, which is what I said, J. Love and Reverend T, I hate to say it, hate to say it, but that Oxford situation, this proposed legislation really doesn't do anything to bring those people to heal. It, 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 it really doesn't. It might do something to bring police to heal, but not school boards and boards of education and uh, regents, you know, uh, trustees, those sort of people. Okay. Now, what happens in the state of Michigan is, is this. Now, you know how a lot of people talk about states' rights, about the rights of the people, and we right. don't need to have the government involved. Did you know that in the state of Michigan, if the police decide to go upside my head, like I'm a pinata, impersonate a pinata, bust my head, and I, I take them to court and miraculously get past qualified immunity and get a million dollar judgment against the police, a judgment I'm paying for, by the way, but we already been through that, okay? A judgment I'm paying for. Do you know that the judge has got a right to reduce that amount? Did you know that? Did you know that? The judge, one man or one woman can say, them people on that jury, them six men and women, they got this wrong. They got this wrong. Uh, Mr. Mack, I see you got that old big old bandage on your head. Look like you uh, uh, turned into a, a Muslim or a, or a Sikh. You know, you got that big old bandage on your head. You know, as if your head wasn't big enough already. So, 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 you got that. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting this down by five hundred thousand dollars, Mr. Mack. That's like all. You, the, the law. Like right. The law says that. Okay. This does not. Uh, <laughs> Got to go back to time out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> so what? What you're saying mm -hmm. still is that? So there's no call on the on the book then to say that that a judge. So a judge a judge has the the right to change and alter even after the verdict, the sentencing. So the, the, the jury could give you a million dollars and the judge could say a dollar. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, and see, not only can that judge say it, 
An appellate panel can say it. Okay. An appellate. See, so so what I challenge my conservative and and states' rights fellow attorneys, and they never want to debate me. I can't find nobody to debate me. And so, so, so what I'm saying is, I said, now, wait a minute. You all for the people and the government not interfering with the people. Well, last time I heard members of the jury, aren't they people? Aren't they people? So why you got the government coming in telling them they wrong? They the one that heard the evidence. They the ones that was in there making a decision, judging the credibility of the witnesses. They the ones determining the financial damage that was done. So a million dollars, judge, you're going to reduce that by half? Half? Because you can? So, so, so in any event, the law does not protect verdicts, okay, from reduction. All right? All right? So, Attorney Matt, hold on before we go any further. Uh -huh. Let's take this and... Um, to related to wrongful convictions. Okay. Right? So <clears throat> this is why we don't really have accountability in Michigan. Really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because you have uh, probably about 40 exonerations in Michigan, maybe about now, mm -hmm. and have yet to see one um, of these agencies or people or employees of an agencies be held accountable right. because there's no accountability really in the state. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and, and like I said, you know, Jay love and, and Reverend Tia. Who's going to check them? Yeah. Who, who's going to check them and without the political will to do so, just like within two months, that Dobbs decision came down in like June, in like June, okay? And that issue was on the state, uh, uh, excuse me, a referendum for a constitutional amendment in November, June, July, August, September, October, November, okay? That's not a bunch of time, folks, okay? That's not a bunch of time, but there was a political will to get that in front of the people, okay? You know, and I'm saying what's happening here, especially with Democrats not being fully on board and pushing this through and being scared of police, there is not the political will to put in the things that I'm talking about. Okay. Right. Okay. So, um, and, and, and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Okay. If I see these things, anybody else with a critical mind and some knowledge of the law, don't tell me them people in Lansing ain't seen this. Please don't tell me that. Please don't. If they haven't seen it, hire me. I'll do the job for five hundred thousand dollars a year. And so, and so, and so, and so, we'll all be blessed. And Reverend Tia and J Love, I'm gonna look out for y'all too. Now, I'm looking out for y'all too. So, 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 so. Okay, y'all, we're almost done. Okay. Oh Lord, there's more. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, so, so now what, what, what happens is, and then one of the other points, one of the points is I've, I've, I've touched on this, on this before, I guess this is a, a catch all, a, 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 a wrap up, a summary. Okay. There is absolutely nothing in this law that mandates a reciprocal change in state policy for these police officers and agencies. I mean, for example, for example, 
let's say somebody miraculously is able to to bring a suit to fruition and to, and to term, okay? There is nothing in this law that mandates the ruling against that police officer be incorporated into the training and protocol of these police agencies. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, oh, okay. That okay. is not acceptable. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what you're saying, what you're saying, I, I need people to understand this because in any governing body, and, and companies have governing bodies, uh, there, there are checks and balances that are in place. And so what you're saying, so if you are, if you fall out of compliance, okay, and this, this happens in, in mental health agencies and, and, and uh, uh, doctors, uh, hospitals, uh, mm -hmm. if you, if you fall out of compliance on legislative compliance or the rules or the guidelines for that particular agency or organization, then you are given sometimes a um, put on a type of probation, probationary mm -hmm. period, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. you have to do a cap, a corrective action plan. And that corrective action plan has to show the change that you implemented immediately in your organization and how you communicated the change and the policy change to all of the stakeholders, okay? And it needs to show, for instance, most now places they do have, if they are wise, a continuous quality improvement team or organization team, quality team. So you can show continuous improvement towards making sure that you are following practices and guidelines that are civil mm -hmm. and, and protect the underserved That's and right. so you're saying that they have drafted there's a policy that's drafted that does not include this measure that that is exactly what i'm saying you see one of the points i raised when i was running for county prosecutor is is that the prosecutor is responsible for educating the police okay so for example let's say in washington county um, I believe that the, the prosecutor had a practice, hopefully still does, of one of their prosecutors on a monthly basis, class teaching the police, for example, a case, let's say a case on uh, search and seizure, okay? Search and seizure, say, okay, the Supreme Court came down with this case and it says police are not allowed to search uh, and seize under these specific circumstances. So if you are in a situation like that, be very careful how you proceed because we don't want the evidence thrown out because of a Fourth Amendment uh, right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure. They teach that. They educate their officers of that. So my question is for my legislatures is, if you educate your officers in criminal matters, why don't you educate them in civil matters? especially when men and women's lives are on the line. Because they ain't got to pay for it. I guess, you know, too, it's, it's looking at if the 
<laughs> district attorney and their connection and then educating police and how are you educating the police and you're educating them based on what and are you really educating them are you really training them is the training based upon um <laughs> your relationship with the judge and your relationship with your constituents or is it really based upon serving the people i am really um in a space right now where we need to do some another bill I mean, well, we need to get to writing because they need to pay yeah. we need a bill is there a bill that says you have to pay right right and it should be a bill that you have to not only pay but lose your license and yeah terminate terminate lose your license or lose your license for a certain amount of time after exactly. you have fulfilled a b c and d there's a there should be some accountability because where there's no accountability there's no reason to change right there's no motivation to change that's right so you could just come right back out just like the officer that had 85 um 85 to 100 different you know complaints there was no reason for him to change there was nothing to motivate him to change and that kept from and those things didn't stop him from being promoted so even with 85 complaints or 100 complaints he was still able to get promoted even the police officer who beat up the lady who was having a mental crisis in the hospital beat her up he was still able to get promoted because those things doesn't affect your job your promotion this doesn't affect your promotions or anything you just have to have the requirements the time or whatever and you can be promoted meanwhile normal uh employment <laughs> normal jobs in the real world if you're out here doing a b c and d and you're treating the customer um wrong and you have customer complaints and all these things going on you're either going to get fired or you're going to get written up you're going to be putting on some kind of time some kind of where you have to show some kind of change something and so it would require you to make a decision either you're going to decide to change or you're going to decide to leave and that should be across the board and for us to have agencies with no responsibility of accountability or transparent to the people who pay who pay the salaries who pay the medical insurance who pay 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 Right. There should be some kind of accountability. We, as the people, have to, to demand it. So, yes, Tyrone Carter and, and the other two people, because I was on um, Sam's show with Tyrone Carter a few times. Okay. But, yes, we really like the bills that she wrote, but it needs to go farther. Mm-hmm. We It has to address accountability. You can't say we can ask you these questions and we can sue you and then we get the pay. You know? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> we should have to pay. If you're the person who did all the stuff, you know, we got to pay still. No. If the bill holds you account, if the bill say, hey, if A, B, C, D happens, and yes, this person is accountable and you can sue them, I don't want to pay it. <laughs> right. You got to pay that. That's your job. That's right. 
That's right. So we have to get them to say, hey, we like some of it, but we need it to go further. So we're going to have to address these guys who introduced this bill to take it up a notch. But like you said earlier, the political will, you know, we can get it turning a little bit, but we don't want to go all the way for it because now who are we? Um, are we making someone else um, upset, you know, or, you know, if there's an issue where, you know, somebody might attack me or whatever because I'm trying to hold you accountable, but I'm just going to kind of hold you a little bit accountable. That's right. We can't have that anymore. We That's have right. to. I can push feel Trisha. I feel Trisha, even though she's not on the panel right now. <laughs> I can feel her right now. <laughs> and she would be yelling at this yeah. point. Okay. It, it does us a disservice if they are not economically held responsible. If it does us a disservice, if if they're not, they don't have the ability to be terminated immediately. Correct. You know, and the time is now. We're going all the way with this. And the pension. We've got to either have have another bill or add to it, but something has to happen because if they don't pay economically, and if we have to keep paying, then then they haven't learned anything. Right. And you, right, you said about the pension. That's just like OJ. You know. He killed those people or whatever. And <laughs> allegedly, he goes to prison and he gets out and he gets his football pension. And these people can't uh, can't get any of his pension, you know. So this family, although they won a millions of lawsuit against OJ, they can't collect on it. Right. Unless he write a book or do something to, you know, so and the same thing with this, you know, these they some of them go to prison. Uh, a couple of them went to prison a couple of weeks ago for that um whatever they were doing, some more nonsense. <laughs> but anyway, that's right. They get to go and serve their time and come back, and they still have right their right. And, right and 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 Jay Love, Jay Love, you are so right. Let me say this. Remember. There ain't nobody going to prison behind the, the, the this bill. Right. Ain't, ain't nobody going to prison behind this bill. So if they can still try to get pension and all that from going to prison, you dang on believe they're going to keep their pension for some civil case. You understand? Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. double best. And like Don Cornelius say, you bet your bottom dollar, whatever you say, or last month's going to be a stone gas, honey. You know, you, they ain't giving up no pension. None. Right. None. So, 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 you know, so J-Love and Reverend Tia, I've spoke my piece. Thank you for listening to me. And all hate mail, J-Love <laughs> is the recipient. All mail comes through J-Love. She can handle it. She's our leader. <laughs> Somebody got to take it. <laughs> I'll take your turning back. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But but I, I know y'all, you loved me at the beginning. <laughs> it was going so well. Yeah. I had hope for her. I was like, yes, finally. <laughs>
Well, we're, we are more educated now than, than oh, ever. Yeah. And I, I think our audience is too. They learned so much. Attorney Mag, this was so rich um, and in-depth. And it tells us, shows us what we really need to be focusing on. And mm -hmm. otherwise, we get ready to get bamboozled again. <laughs> we got to wake up. We got to wake right. all the way up. And Attorney Matt, you have shown us how it could sound so good on the surface. But once you dig in, it's crap. Right. Oh. <laughs> like, what is this crap? It's, I thought it was apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> But but you know but 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 we gonna we gonna we gonna still keep swinging for the fences, you know. Oh, and yeah, um, yeah. and and I, you know, I just like I say, J Love, in my writing to you when you are communicating with you know messenger and stuff, I, I had to kind of kind of warn you a little bit. It is not quite as big as people have been led to believe. Right. Okay. And if you guys want to, you know, get this information, I did post it on the Justice for Gerard page and also on my page. And I tagged Reverty and Attorney Max, so they should be on their pages. So if you want to read it for yourself, the information is there. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> Attorney Matt, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> Okay, okay. But I'm glad that I, you took I, out I, the time. I agree with Francine. I agree with Francine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very because you know we talk about you know how we need to get bills passed. Well, we need to get bills passed that are effective, you know, just because somebody say they're introducing something or they're doing something doesn't mean it's effective that's going to help us bring change. We want change. We mm -hmm. we don't want a uh, continuation or a Band-Aid, or half a band in this case, a half a Band-Aid on, uh, on stuff that we really need to really address. So thank you, Attorney Matt. This was a great learning day, and I appreciate that. Well, I love you, and I appreciate the both y'all and the, and the people fighting for justice. So don't, don't give up you know we sometimes like dr king say you know you know you got to crawl before you walk you know it it is a step in the right direction although in my opinion not a big step but 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 but, but it is Maybe step. It, it, it's a it's a step and and it's passing believe me is no sure thing y'all it's no sure thing okay mm -hmm. so you got them weak need uh, peeing on themselves, Democrats, some of them, so scared, you know, about the next election. D all you Democrats, listen, listen. <laughs> Do the right thing while you're in there right now, okay? Do it right now. Have some legacy. You know, you know, get a spine, get a backbone. Well, they're going to vote me out if I vote for it. You know what? Men and women have been sacrificing for good, you know, their whole lives in this country. You know, people don't sacrifice their life and you weren't about your job. Skip mm -hmm. your job. Have a legacy doing for the people, Democrats. Come on and do this, because you ain't gonna get no Republican support. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna get none. Right. So, so, so go on and do it. You know, you know, do the right thing, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, when you meet God, as we all will, you know, you want to hear job well done, thou good and faithful servant, you know. 
And um, yeah, and and people have to be. Are you there for a career? Right. Is this a career thing, or is this for the people? Right. The people that believe, elected you, and believe in you. Exactly right. Exactly. People are there just for their next career move, and some people are for the people. So yes, we have few announcements. So hold on, everybody. I don't go nowhere yet. So this week, uh, Trisha's not here, but she's going to be part of the panelists for the town hall meeting called Bridging the Gap, Bringing the Gap and Centering Humanity in the Legal System. That's going to take place on Wednesday from 5.30 to 7.30 at Grace Fellowship Community Life Center in Ypsilanti. If you're there, um, join them for this conversation. Um, Also this week, uh, Saturday, the 20th, is uh, Survivor Speaks, Wrongful Conviction Support Group. Um, it's a great group. Uh, me and Reverend Tia are usually on almost every Saturday, you guys. Join if you're impacted by wrongful conviction, no matter where you are. You don't have to be in Michigan, wherever you are. Join us for this. Um, there's a link. You can go to facebook.com Survivor Speaks for more detail, and they will email you the link for that meeting. Also on Saturday is the Mental Health Luncheon and Power Gathering, and that's with our own Allie Hughes. He will be on next week, and we will uh, have this conversation about mental health, but she's also having an event next Saturday from 12 p.m. to 2, so join that. That's at the Redford Township Library on Six Mile in Redford. Um, and Saturday also, next Saturday at 1, is the um, Wrongful Conviction Task Force meeting where we're going to be discussing legislation and think policy changes. Um, so if you're interested in making a change, join us at that meeting. That's also a Zoom meeting, and you have to um, get in contact with Survivor Speak on Facebook to get that link to that meeting. Then on June the 16th, there's going to be a town hall meeting about second look. They're going to be talking about the second look and sex chances um, at um, our youth, our community, and the justice system. That's going to be at Mac Alive on 3746 Fisher Street. In Detroit, so put that on your calendar from 5:30 to 8 p.m. That's on a sat on a Friday, and then last but certainly not least, the love gathering. We have the love gathering on June the 21st from 12 noon to 6. It's at Handy Park at 26650 Capitals Avenue in Redford, Michigan. It's going to be a great day. We're going to celebrate love and life of uh, Gerard. It'll be a year of his transition during that period. But also, we're going to be um, there to fellowship and share love with each other. It's going to be a healing event. There's going to be games, raffle, food, music, face painting, giveaways. It's also going to be a special auction. Um, Susan Brown, who we talk about every week, She's making a special art piece from this gathering. So bring your favorite chair and a 
a blanket or whatever you need for a picnic and join us at the park. And also, again, as we speak for Susan Brown, support Susan Brown, final push for clemency. Uh, she's an international artist. Uh, she's a chance for life facilitator. She's a conflict mediator, loving mother, domestic uh, violence survivor. She's just an awesome person. And if you go to this link, you can find more about clemency for Susan Brown. You can find out her story and everything. And we're supporting her clemency. And last, uh, Lee, donate to the uh, the Voice of Detroit. Um, Miss Diane Bruiski has been doing this um, wrongful conviction uh, news, um, talking about the injustice in Michigan and Wayne County for over 20 years. The voice of Detroit.net is where you can go to support this online um, platform where she gives out so much information as well as she supports so many in our community. So please support her. And that's it. Um, before we leave, did Revitia, um, did you want to say something before we leave? Look, just keep doing the inside work, you know, um, and, and keep your ears and eyes open to what's going on. Join with those forces that are doing the right thing, seeking truth, seeking justice. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to even say seeking anymore because I want to use my power of faith and say we have it already. That's right. We're just out picturing the justice that we are. Yeah. Uh, I, and, uh, you know, I want the Michigan, Michigan Coalition has uh, the event at Wayne State. I sent that to you, but I, th I forgot the date. It's, it is coming up. I will put it on your page. All right. And I will post yeah. it on the Justice for Gerard page. As well, yeah. thank you, Attorney Matt. You was awesome. Uh, you gave us a wealth of information. And yeah, we are so, we are schooled. Yes, <laughs> you took us to definitely. You did a whole seminar. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Attorney Matt. We love and you. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week on turning a moment into a movement. Much love, everyone. All right.